Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. I do not sound like a guy because I am not. <laughs> I'm returned. And to my left, eating pizza with chicken of the freaking woods. Is cranky. So I'm going to put out um, these reels we found. We did a brief trail run today and Tumbles found chicken of the woods so you'll see if you are following us on instagram harvesting sauteing what is the verdict on the finished product it's delightful yes i have some on my pizza it is amazing and to my left is cleaning my phone and getting the <laughs> dirt out of it from when i took a spill on my trail run not, is is my lovely wife not just dirt but like gravel there's gravel in your phone case i guess we took the whole rocks and roots thing to a whole new level because you just carry it around with you now so yeah i took a sprawling leap on the trail today anyway uh, i guess you count as a guest you're our fourth <laughs> guest I'm happy to be on here, Crank. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm a host on this fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and what am I, chop fucking liver? We count as a guest. I'm sitting right here. Hi. We have two guests today. Offended. <laughs> Cleaning your phone. It's a wonderful episode. <laughs> So we are reporting on <coughs> the Tour de Mont Blanc, as I have mentioned previously, explaining, well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago almost, yeah. and then my two episodes, I mentioned that that is where you were. Which were fantastic, I might add. Thank you very much. So you are back in North America. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I made it. So, I guess we'll start out with basics. Um, how many miles total? Total between 103 and 100, mm, I'd say 10 miles, depending on if you take variants of the TMB or not. Which you did the first day, which yes. we'll, we'll get into. Mm. How many days? I We did it in nine, but if you uh, follow any of the ultra um, running world the utmb was actually the day started the day before i started and the first place winner did it in 20 hours wow and you could do it up to as long as you freaking want to <laughs> wow and you said that you just kind of missed their start yeah. by a couple hours i arrived uh about three hours after they passed through the town that i started in that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, we did it in nine days. Nice. What, what's the update on the phone? All right, I think it'll live. Okay. All right. Good. That is important. All right. So 100, 305 miles, nine days. Yes. I guess we'll start with a summary of day one. Yes. Unless you want to do any preliminary stuff. Well, the Tour de Mont Blanc is um, a circle basically and the more popular route is to go counterclockwise is just what everyone does uh some people do do it clockwise if they want to it's everyone claims it's a bit harder to do it clockwise um it straddles i guess three um countries you start usually in France and then you walk into Italy and then you walk into Switzerland and back into France. 
fantastic. Yes. So, Day Uno. So, we started in one of the towns uh, in the Chamonix Valley called Les Uches. And Les Uches is south of Chamonix for... Um, those who are into winter sports, Chamonix is a very popular ski, snowboard, winter sport mecca. Uh, so winter sports, of course, in winter, and then hiking and running in the spring, summer, and early fall months. So I started in Les Uches, and we, the first day we went 12 and a half miles, taking the variant, which, um, is the Col de Trico variant. So basically you go up a main col, which is Col de Vosa, right out of the, the town of Les Uches. And then you basically, you make a left <laughs> and you take the variant up to a higher col. And the main reason why we did this variant is because my uncle wanted to go over a rickety, over a rickety bridge. <laughs> And we did go over the rickety bridge, and then I had to suffer some altitude and some steepness to get over this coal. Okay. Yes. And in your guidebook, yeah. it is labeled like variant... 1A. Variant 1A. Is there a vaccine yet for variant 1A? Um, there is not. Well, it, yes, actually, there is. It's called ibuprofen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So day one... Mm-hmm. Um, yes, day one was from Les Uches, and we ended at a chalet, not Brant. Okay, so explain the chalets and the sleeping situation and how this works um, for our non-European hikers, which I am one of. Are you really? Correct. I am a non-European hiker. <laughs> so the... The hut system is extremely popular in Europe. It m mimics the huts in the whites. If I was you just going to say. Yeah, if you know the huts in the whites, they're very similar. They actually are based off the huts in the EU. Um, so we stayed at huts every night, and they are definitely cheaper than the huts in the whites. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> uh, we stayed at huts, e huts each night. And um, we paid for half board, which means you get a bed, you get dinner, and then you get breakfast the next morning. That's pretty damn good. What's full board? You get lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like a packed lunch. They give you oh, like a okay. little, little brown bag lunch on your, uh, your trek. So what did you do for like snacks and lunch when you were out there then? Because you were nine days you're not carrying all that at once do they have stuff that you can buy where how did you resupply there are so many huts that we just stopped at a hut for lunch oh okay yeah uh you can bring a tent and you can camp but they're pretty particular at their camping sites you can stealth and people have um or you can talk to the proprietor at the chalet or the refuge to see if you can pay money to sleep on their property, which people do. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of other questions as we're going. Mm -hmm. Any noteworthy events or things from day one? Just the uphill. <laughs> okay. Every time I do one of these big trips, I did it with the Alta Viet as well in Italy. It's like the first major uphill I'm like what did I sign myself up for <laughs> and that is always due to the elevation 
And once I sleep off like some of the altitude, I'm better. And but still the hills are there. And it was definitely some of the steepest shit I've ever done. Well, they're a lot bigger than anything we have at least on the east coast. Maybe anything that we have in the United States. I don't know. Well, the saddles, some of the coals and saddles are as are the height of Mount Washington. Like the first day, Col de Trico is the height of freaking Mount Washington, if not higher. So yeah, and that is what we were talking. Like that's you. Um, living on the east coast of the United States, you trained as much as you possibly could, and oh it God. still was not. For those who live in Colorado or the Sierras, you lucky bastards, you are much more prepared. Courtney DeWalter lives in Colorado. She was freaking prepared. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, so day two. Day two was the day of hell. And everyone's like, it's the most popular trail in the world, and it's such a great trail, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's a bullshit trail. This trail is hard. Anywho... So we started at Refuge Mont Blanc, and in my guidebook, which is the Great Hikes of the Alps Tour de Mont Blanc, which I would suggest anybody who wants to to do the TMB, get yourself a guidebook and bring it with you and eat up some of that weight and just carry it with you because it was my nightly reading and I I pretty much memorized this whole book. Um, it was a four hour uphill, and we started. 8 a.m. So from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. was gradual uphill. And I met a nice gentleman from Germany. There we got talking because I really enjoyed his pace, which was really, really slow. And he gave me some great advice. And he's like, walk as if you could walk forever. And I said, okay. So that means if I have to walk a snail's pace to walk forever, I'll walk a snail's okay. pace to walk forever. I got it. Yep. Nice. All right. Yeah. I like that. Yep. So he picked up the pace very much so. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> you're walking forever. Bye. <laughs> uh, we stopped at a col- uh, one of the um, refuges, Col de la Bomb, for an espresso to wake us up before the big climb, which is to the first call of the second day, which is called du, um, called, um, du call of the good man. And in the guidebook, the first sentence is, this is where the TMB notches up a level. That's the biggest understatement of the fucking year. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it was bloody well intense. Okay. And from there, you go to another coal, which is another 300 meters up. By by that point, you can see the other coal, so it's not that bad. <laughs> All right, so I'm probably going to ask a bunch of stupid questions, no which is thing. what we figured the best way to do this would be. <laughs> yes. Um, so the coals, like, yeah. in the Catskills, some of the coals that we've been in, mm-hmm. you get, like, these vortexes and wind, any of that going on? Not as crazy as the one we we were in, that's for okay. sure. Not as breezy. Okay. Um, there was definitely breezes. It was chillier because it was so exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely not what we <laughs> encountered okay. in the wintertime at the Catskills. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so... <clears throat> Feet. feet. So I got pictures, Mrs. Cranky and I got pictures of feet taped up, bloodied up. <laughs> um, I was hoping you'd be more specific because 
That just sounds all kinds of wrong. Thanks for <laughs> looping me into that. Getting pictures of my <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, honey, I love you. <laughs> all right, so what what was going on? Like, I had, you know, in all of our hikes, I had never seen your feet like that bad where you actually needed the fucking duct tape and the moleskin and all that shit, so... Um, just... so I was always told to bring a proper boot to do these European trails, like for the AV. I had my heftier Merrells, which I promptly threw out after that trek. <laughs> I'm not throwing my lower renegades out because they are pretty pricey and they're good for shorter uh, peak bagging. But they were they did not serve me well during my nine days on this trail. They pinched my pinkies so bad that I got double blisters and it got infected and yeah, it wasn't pleasant. Um, the downhills really didn't help the situation. Toe jam was very real. Okay. So you said you could have gotten away with... My Loa high top. My Loa high tops, I'm sorry. My ultra high tops. I'm sure Loa makes high tops as well. Well, but I was wearing those low, Yeah, the ultra uh, lone peak high toppies. Much lighter. They have lighter, the wider toe, toe box. box. Please sponsor us. <laughs> We love you. We, we talked about Ultra so many times. I would do the TMB over again, and I swore I would never do that trail again if Ultra <clears throat> sponsored us. I'll do it clockwise next time. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, so that was the hardest day. Day so- two was the hardest day. We ended up beyond the southernmost point of the TMB by that time which is a tiny little town called Chapia or Shepia. And then from there, we went north about a mile and a half, two miles, and ended up at Refuge de Motay, which is actually a working farm. So they have a lot of cutesy animals. They had a horse, a donkey, chickens, uh, bunnies, the whole nine. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so day three, I'm sure that was probably the best... Refugio that you stayed at. Best refugio for the buns, not so much for the food. Okay. Yep. Day three, we walked into Italy. We went up to the Col della Senia, which is the border of France and Italy. And that was pretty cool. It was a beautifully clear day, and that's the first time if you're going from Les Uches, and going counterclockwise, Col de la Seigne is the first time you get to see a really nice view of Mont Blanc. So how did the border crossings work? Like, <laughs> do you arrange it ahead of time? Is there just no one cares? No it... one cares. <clears throat> okay. You could literally walk into Italy and then disappear if you wanted to. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is... You would just need to walk. No. So long as you had your passport, you can... Walk in, walk out whenever you wanted to. Like, if you walked in, you didn't need your passport, but then you get to a border crossing, you would need to get that stamped. Okay. Yeah. But All no, right. no issue. Cool. Uh, yeah, so day three, we walked... Actually, it was a lot of valley walking day three, which was really, really welcome. I think I was up to 800 milligrams of ibuprofen that day. That's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I, I got to 1,000 one day, and I said, no, 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 that's too much. Um... <laughs> 
but uh, at that point it was getting numb. Anywho, uh, we stopped at a very cool um, hut called Le Combal, and that is nestled in between rocks, basically, this little hut. And they have the best hot chocolate that I had on the trip. <laughs> so write that down, people. Your hot chocolate HQ is right here. <laughs> so I want to, well, <clears throat> I had to get a fucking passport, but I want to do this for the food. Like, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, though, that the we all agreed that the food on the Altavia 2 was better than the food on the TMV. Okay, why? Um, you had more flavor. You had more flavor on the TMB. You had strudel at for dessert at night versus maybe a biscuit. It sounds so first worldy problems, but people are <coughs> so used to this crap in Europe. They're used to the good food, and everyone agrees that the if you were to do different hikes in Europe, you can compare the food, and definitely the Altavia too food was better. Well, the whole culture seems different. Like, even flipping through the guidebook um, <clears throat> before we started, one of the first things it talks about is the food. And if you're doing, how many meters are these peaks? Um, like, the higher coals are 2,500 meters, which is about 8,100 feet. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so I was ranging from about 5,000 to 8,000 plus feet. Okay. Daily. Yeah. So if you're doing <clears throat> 5,000 to 8,000 foot peaks and you're doing 105, 110 miles, um, <clears throat> and they have these refugia, like food is going to be a big part of that. Totally. It's just a different mindset than what we do here on the Appalachian Trail or the CDT where you have your backpacker's pantry and you mm. eat like crap. Like there, <laughs> you actually eat well you eat so well so yeah i wouldn't say that it's a first world it's just different it's just a completely different culture Mm -hmm. yeah and i i did bring my food bag with little snacks like pro bars and stuff like that and i didn't eat any of it okay yeah that makes sense i had i think we we all shared a bag of gorp and during my my inclines i was very thankful for the hydration salts and I was very thankful for the energy chews. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, that's what we were talking about on the last episode that we were together. Um, those hydration salts, um, Mm -hmm. essential, uh, obviously if you're doing that, absolutely. So what was weather like climate, not weather, climate, climate, um, There was no difference in the alt. You know, you didn't feel the altitude after you spent a night on trail or a day on trail. It was just like anything else. If you live out in the west in Albuquerque or Telluride, where you're living on six thousand feet of elevation gain at that point of elevation at that point, you will not feel a difference at all. Us being at sea level, basically, yep. <laughs> we will definitely feel it on the east coast. So, what are you wearing for like? layering every day um i had my regular um hiking pants which were enough my uncle was wearing shorts um i was in a t-shirt okay and then at the coals i put on my um 
I had my mountain hardware jacket, which didn't have any like insulation at all. So temperatures are mild, basically. It was extremely mild. And the thing is, it was in the 60s, but the sun was so bloody strong that it felt like 80. (laughs) Because there's no tree cover. There's no tree cover. Bring your goddamn sunscreen, my friends. Okay. At night, I had my puffy. I was very glad to bring the puffy. I just wore it in the evenings because it got chilly. Even in the buildings? No, just Oh, like, just hanging out yeah, on like the porches. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was very glad to bring that. Okay, mm. cool. Uh, day four or day four and five, whichever <laughs> you prefer if we want to combine. So Maison Veille was the end of day three and that food was freaking awesome just because it was the top of a ski lift. So I guess you could bring all of your, like, they could bring all of the supplies from Cormayor, which was at the bottom of the ski lift and the biggest town in, on the TMB, that and Chamonix, the two biggest towns on the TMB. So really, really good food there. <clears throat> um, next morning, we thought we could take the gondola down into the town, which is like the ski lift, but it was, it would shut, it was shut the day before. It was closed for the season. Oh, Okay. Um, so, so it was a toe jamming good time down that fucking mountain. Yeah. You've had that issue with those exact boots, even on our smaller hikes. Yeah. So. Toe jamming good time. All right. Well, now you know. And God bless the pharmacy in Cormier, Italy, man. They, uh, they provided me with some good tape and some good band-aids and, uh, got me as right as rain as much as possible <laughs> uh moleskin or just luca Mol- tape moleskin um they had these it was a very thin like I can't, how could i describe it like rubber it was almost like a condom for your toes <laughs> okay <laughs> it was a condom for your toes and it helped a little bit okay it protected <laughs> that's why you all come to this podcast all right so i since we're we're off on a tangent mrs cranky came back with candy corn and i am an alzheimer's patient i do this every fucking year i almost grabbed it and i almost started munching and then i I don't like candy corn and this happens every year and it almost happened again every single year but multiple times in a year I'll have the thing of like, and I, yeah, candy corn is polarizing. You love it or you hate candy it. Candy corn's I ha- amazing. I happen to really like it. No, yeah. candy so corn's I nasty. Bag of so, so, <laughs> but the, the, the bowl will be there. And like, once a day, once a day, <laughs> he'll go grab <laughs> candy corn. Thank you. Yes. And you have little pumpkins. And then take a bite and go, <laughs> You did this yesterday. It wasn't like it's once a year this happens. It was once a day until the bag was gone. And I almost just did it again. But then he eats half of my bag of candy corn that I actually like. That I don't like. But he doesn't like. Because you don't want fucking candy, dude. <laughs> I don't like it, so why would I get it? Candy, not corn, just candy. I'm, I'm candy trying or to, corn. I'm trying to cut down the sugar. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that judgment. I'm cutting down on sugar and I'm <laughs> literally stuffing my face with as much candy corn as I could possibly fit in it. Oh, yeah, the little pumpkins, too, because those pumpkins are, like, are awesome. But you like signed up for corn. your first race in two years, so. Well done. Oh, congratulations. Oh. All right. Yes. 
back to what the fuck we're doing here. Cormier. Okay. Is this day four or five? What this are we doing? is day four. Cormier is a great town if you want to take a zero. If <clears throat> I and and if you're not used to these um, tall, steep climbs, take a zero. Either in Italy or in Switzerland, take a goddamn zero. Do yourself a favor. Did you guys or a take zero. a zero or no? Because <laughs> what you are, you got my uncle. Sh- my uncle regrets that, and he's like, we should have taken a zero just to even just explore the town of Cormier. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but we didn't. <laughs> Spent approximately a half hour in the town for the pharmacy and the ATM. From there, it was up, 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 and up some more. That was a rough up, but thank God for music, because that was the first day I was listening to music, and it damn well got me up that mountain. Holy moly, that was a tough incline. But it was also, I would say, one of the easiest because of music. Okay. Um, I know your cousin, you said, is usually faster. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what was group? dynamic as far as pacing as far where you guys spread out oh yeah okay i was always last i was always far away (laughs) i could see ants in the distance and and i wish i had binoculars because those would have been my uncle and cousin (laughs) i i i listened to music from day four on really okay yeah and that uphill and it really helped i also videoed a lot so that took up some good time awesome yeah, my, my cousin lives in Germany, and he does these mountains almost every weekend, so he's just used to it. A beast. Yeah. All right. Um, he doesn't use trekking poles. Interesting. He does not like trekking poles. I'm like, you're insane. Yeah, that's... Okay. I would not be able to... Well, I said on my last episode I shouldn't have taken them on that trail. Mm-hmm. So I get it if you're doing chimneys or you're hopping down <clears throat> into pits or you're literally climbing on ledges. But just for a standard hike with, you know, elevation, I would not be able to get along without trekking poles. Oh, totally. And my uncle uses them for, like, the inclines and declines, descents, but he doesn't, like, he calls it um, a bad habit, a habit, and I'm like, it's just part of life for us and long trails and stuff like that. Yeah, why is it a bad habit? I don't know, because then you rely on the poles too much rather than your own balance, I guess. I suppose. Um, I completely disagree. I do too. <clears throat> because what happens is if you don't have something... To elevate your arms and to grip with your hands and your hands are just dangling like fucking Planet of the Apes or some shit, um, you get swelling. Yeah, really bad swelling. So trekking poles, um, again, hike your own fucking hike, but um, trekking poles are useful not just for balance, but for um, swelling as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I don't know where I'd be without the trekking poles. They really helped me during this trek. So anyway, um, day four actually was our longest day. It was a 14 and a half mile day. Okay. And we left at eight and we didn't get to the refuge until like 4.30, 4.45 that day. It was a long freaking day. I mean, that included the hour for lunch, which right. was a very much needed lunch hour. 
and then the 10 minute stop for hot chocolate and stuff. But those, you know, it was a necessity to stop and to take a rest. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're fueling throughout your day. Yeah. That was the day my cousin ate two lunches. My uncle and I, we, we were shocked at the amount of food this kid consumed. It was amazing. Well, he's like almost how much younger than you? At least 10 years? No, no, no he's 29. Okay. Wow. 28, 29. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going at that pace and up those, you need the fuel. Yeah. It, it makes sense to me. So that lunch was awesome, too. That was polenta with gorgonzola. Jeez. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> I, I am not a foodie. <laughs> like Mrs. Cranky, what do you think? Polenta with gorgonzola cheese. Maybe. All right. Okay, that was good. Damn it. <laughs> we'll take your word for it. All right. So we ended that night at Chalet Valfrey, and that was a proper hotel. Um, it was just one of the places that worked for that night. So you had, you know, we had our own dedicated room. So mm-hmm. it was just my uncle, my cousin, and I, and there was an ensuite bathroom. So we didn't have to share a bathroom with anybody else or a shower with anybody else. They had a really nice... Um, kitchen they did our lawn we asked if they could do laundry and so for nine euro we were able to all collect they were able to do our laundry which was amazing that is amazing that's expensive though um euro is it was about twelve dollars yeah well i don't twelve dollars for three all right maybe that's not so bad it's not bad at all okay i i stand corrected (laughs) yeah it was totally worth it um so the food there was delicious and a really good bottle of wine there that I'm was... also used to like AT where you stop at a hostel and it's like a dollar fifty and you gotta kick the washing machine to get it going. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you that the, the other refuges were, were really kind of rough in it, which was kind of cool because you were in <clears throat> sleeping in 18th or early 19th century barns. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was further on on the trail. So up until that point, actually, Mote, we were in separate rooms too and that was because of covid they were still on the covid bandwagon yeah day one day two day night three at maison valley at that um ski lift um refuge we were in like a bunk room with 15 other people sleeping okay and so then val val Frey was um like a, the hotel <clears throat> the next day we walked into Switzerland, and that was a pretty short day. It was a really nice day. So this is now day five. This is day five. Okay. Yes. Thank you for keeping track. These I'm not. Let's see. Walter Bonatti, blah, 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 blah. Yes. We, um, we went into Switzerland. Oh, also. Well, I'm going to pause you pause here. <clears throat> so I believe this is the day where Mrs. Cranky and I got a text they closed the borders. Oh yeah! So you would like to? <laughs> that was the night before. At each other and went, uh huh. Maybe we'll see her again. <laughs> Want to go out for dinner? <laughs> yeah, that was the day before. That was day four. Yeah, day four. We learned that the EU closed the border to Americans, and that this... we're dirty COVID carriers. <laughs> And that the State Department told Americans not to go into um, 
Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and France. I'm like, well... <laughs> you were already in France. You were heading into Switzerland. You had to go back into France. And I um, I don't know where Liechtenstein is. So we were not hiking into Liechtenstein. I'm sorry, cat. <laughs> we have another guest. We have a cat now that you're hearing who has made friends with tumbles over here. Um, so, yeah. And I was... I was not worried. I was mildly concerned. Going into these countries, walking in, no problem. There are no border guards at these coals. However, we were looking at weather, and the weather for the next few days had been saying severe thunderstorms, and we didn't want to end up at at a coal or exposed mountain during a thunderstorm. So we may had. We may we were talking about bailing maybe one of the days and mm-hmm. taking a bus to the next refugio or fit refuge. Um, and I said, well, shit, if we end up at a border into France, will they allow me in? Or will they allow my uncle in because he's flying out from Geneva, Switzerland? You know, it was one of those, huh, I wonder how that works if they told us not to go in, if the EU says but no. But you had already been there prior to... Them making the decision. And in order to get in, you had to show a negative COVID, COVID test, test, which you carted around. Yeah. Um, so you were there nine days on trail and then however many days in other countries. Did Was that one test good for the entire time? Yeah, or no did you ask for the test. No one asked for the test besides the folks at the airport. Okay. So, like, a, unless they change something, as of right now, you only need a COVID test to travel internationally to these, like, green zone countries, which France, at least when I left, was one of them. That is hilarious, because theoretically, <clears throat> with an incubation time of... What's the incubation time? Up to two weeks. Okay. So you could get your negative COVID test, go there... Mm-hmm. Get COVID, still carry around that negative test. That's... No, you need to then take another oh, test. Oh, prior. Okay. So I needed to take a second. That's what I was asking. Yeah, so I needed to take a second test before I left to come home. Okay. And they, they check to see the date, and it has to be sent up to 72 hours before you fly out. That's the max. So you can take it up to three days before you leave. That makes slightly more sense, but it's still stupid. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Um... So ultimately, there was no rainstorms. Um, the weather is really fickle in the mountains. It can change at the drop of a hat. Um, so Switzerland is nice. Switzerland is extremely expensive. But we really enjoyed the first town that we stayed in, which is called La Folie. It is nothing more than a glorified village, I guess is the best way to put it, because you only have a, you have a bunch of hostels. And refuges, chalets, and you have one supermarket, you have two bars, and then you have an outfitter. Um, And it was the best supermarket, little supermarket and best outfitter of the entire trail. Why? Uh, They had awesome little trinkets and souvenirs, and they had a great selection of chocolate. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Um, but Switzerland was extremely enjoyable the day after we arrived in Switzerland. So this is the first full day in Switzerland. You're walking through 18th century towns. They have barns that are older than this country. You're walking past 
it's it was absolutely amazing we we found a cave that we walked into which was really cool um they're into their mycology a lot of their mushrooms they like their mushrooms um tons of interpretive signs about mushrooms no chicken of the woods though unfortunately any edibles or no no my my cousin was getting into the mycology and he's like yeah, that's edible. No, that's not. Yeah. No. That's what I mean. Like, did you see? My cousin saw some that were okay. considered edible. Okay. Mm-hmm. But nothing delicious. Like, I just had a like, pizza. Yeah. yeah. No, nothing like that. All right. Um, yeah. So you also mentioned, uh, I may be skipping ahead, but oh, you sorry. mentioned um, <clears throat> Nazis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. I always mention Nazis. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why Nazi? <laughs> yes. Uh, so the Nazi thing was 18th Century Village was day six. Um, oh, let me talk about. <laughs> I'm, I'm like messing up my days, but the first full day in Switzerland, we ended at a place called Champelac, which is a resort town, really pretty. And it wasn't a bad climb that day. Every day you get a climb. So that day his climb was not bad. Stayed at some, basically somebody's house that she converted into a chalet. Cool. Very nice. The next day, uh, we, that climb was rough. (laughs) But we, basically it was the last coal in Switzerland. Uh, Col de Four Claws in Switzerland is the lowest coal on the TMB at 1,400 meters. It's very low. But then you even descend further into a thousand-year-old town, which has like a population of 200, called Trient. And we stayed at a refuge called La Putie, which <laughs> we slept in a barn <laughs> that day, that night. And... Uh, Bunks, like... It was strange. It was, it was almost like floor level. There were mattresses, like mattress pads, okay. and then about five feet above that, there was another level with mattresses. Okay, it's like the Godfather <laughs> going to war, going to the mattresses. <laughs> oh God. Um. So yeah, that's that's we slept in that. <laughs> okay, that's really awesome. That was really interesting. We had dinner in a yurt that night. What the hell is a yurt? A yurt is a huge bell tent, basically. Oh yeah, okay. That yes. that is You explain this, but again for the podcast. For All right. for, <laughs> for the people. For the people. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a large <laughs> structure that looks like a bell tent. Cool. And the food was awesome. It was like five course meal. I think I texted you. I'm like, yes, we. Ha- I'm in a bar. I'm sleeping in a barn, an old tiny barn, but I'm having a five course yurt. <laughs> so what was on the menu? Oh, my pictures. What, what do we have? We had a soup. I had like PTSD from our crappy soup at Motay, but that soup was really good. It was a tomato soup with sour cream. Was one of the. Um, dishes and oh, it was a curry that night. We had chicken curry. It was okay. really freaking good. Dessert was like a biscuit with some jam. It was really good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the Nazi thing was the next day. Okay. That was a rough incline <laughs> right at the beginning. 
And we, at that call, which was a different bomb. So on day two, we hit Refuge de la Bomb. Now this is a different bomb. Bomb So what what is a bomb? B-A-L-M-E, a a bomb. Um, I'm not sure what it translates into. I didn't do that research. Um, But it is definitely a different bomb than the bomb we were at before. Old man. Okay. So <laughs> this was Col de la Bomb. Is it like a geographical feature or? A... It's just the name of the coal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Understood. So Col de Flor Four Claws was the name of that coal. That made gotcha. the right. closest village or town that they named the coal after. Uh, so Col de la Bomb, they have a refuge right at the border, which is the top of the coal. And that refuge was built in 1840, and the Nazis used that as a fortification. At the French-Swiss border. So, violating Swiss neutrality. <clears throat> they may have, like, been, like, three steps into France. We don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the they... The Nazis broke their promise. Oh, oh no. What a surprise. <laughs> How many Russians died because they broke their promise? Yeah. Shocker. How could you not see them breaking their promises? I'd not see anything. <laughs> that was really bad. All right. That, that, <laughs> was, that was excellent. So from there, from the, the, the Nazi hole, we could see the Chamonix Valley and the beginning of the end of our trip. Every time you see Chamonix, I think like skincare products. Because there's a... CeraVe. There's a CeraVe skin product. Okay. There's also like a brand of skincare products called Chamonix. <laughs> Looking at this is crazy. <laughs> She's like, how do you know this? Well, no, I've never heard of this brand. <laughs> so they advertise. I used to listen to a lot of talk radio and, and advertise on. You may have heard CeraVe. CeraVe is definitely. No, it was definitely Sean. We will get back to you on whether it's This Cerave- is going to go on the <laughs> fucking Instagram. You yes. know this. <laughs> The, the dude <laughs> who has like bleeding blood. elbows and dirt all over his me. his shower care products literally is one dandruff shampoo and that's it <laughs> knows all about this fancy skincare brand that neither of the women have ever heard of never heard of it which I just think that Daikon is just hilarious there's <laughs> also an animal that is almost spelled similarly, but it's, they say chamois. What is it? It's a big goat with huge horns. And a they're... horny goat. <laughs> Toe condoms, horny, horny goats. goats. <laughs> yes. That's why you come to this what podcast. Pictures? And it's ribbed. The horns. <laughs> <laughs> your toes pleasures <laughs> no the goat's so oh okay <laughs> i thought you were talking about the toe condoms Ow. again <laughs> all right anyway continue so chamois is c-h-a-m-o-i-s and chamonix is c-h-a-m-o-n-i-x anyway <laughs> we entered into the chamonix the face cream valley <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and ended up at a hut called Auberge Le Burn. Auberge Le Burn. And they had awesome, awesome food for lunch. So, fun fact and a smart tip for y'all. Usually the a la carte menu for lunches at these huts are a shit ton better 
than the half board you get if you're staying at the refuge. Just because they're making it for a massive amount of people and it's basically what's the easiest thing in a pot right. we can cook up for and then 30 people. And then it sits there. They, they make it fresh, but it's still, you know, they want to do it quick. Right. Because they, they finish with lunch and they finish with all the transient hikers that come through. And that ends around 3 o'clock. And from 3 o'clock to 7, they're cooking dinner for everybody. Okay. Um... <clears throat> Last year, during the height of idiocy, were all of this shit closed down? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why we couldn't <clears throat> go last year. All right, so just, well, actually even worse than here, because we've talked about Appalachian Trail economies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, this is it's the only, I'm assuming, the only income that they have along like in some of these towns and these refugios for the summer is definitely, I mean, the majority of these huts close in September. Okay. And they reopen in June. Okay. So I, I'm not sure what they, these people do in the winter time. Um, I, yeah, I really actually don't know. Okay. There, there are some refuges like the one we stayed in Lesouch that is open year round. Just because you get then the the skiers and the snowboarders and all the winter sports people to stay. All right. Yeah. So Auberge Le Burn was really, really interesting. And you know what? I will send you, hopefully, hopefully I didn't delete that video. Because what I did is I took videos and then I edited them onto YouTube. And then I deleted the videos on, t- on my phone. But if that video is still up, I still have it, I will send it to you to put up on the Instagram. It's basically a tour of the bedrooms in this hut it is so cool because it's an 18th century auberge and they put a mattress wherever they could fit into a closet up on like a up on into a crawl space and it's really nifty all right yeah cool yeah so hopefully you still have that yes uh, the next day, this is the second to last day, was our shortest day at 4.9 miles. However, it was a tough incline. By that point, my legs were jelly. They were they were really tired, my legs. Um, that's why is I... Is there anything we could have done? Granted, we don't have the mountains. No. Is there anything we could have done different in our training? Anything we could have done different preparation wise well besides going more often and we went pretty frequently i'm sorry honey um but the thing is also i had rolled my ankle three weeks before so i was really taking it easy i don't know if extra training prior to that would have helped any um i don't know i think taking a zero day would have been a really really good idea okay all right anyway continue so that 4.9 miles you are hugging the side of the mountain um, overlooking the Chamonix Valley for 4.9 miles. And that's the first ladder action you get. So you're climbing up ladders on the cliffside, basically. And uh, we were all like, our arms are tired. <laughs> well, we are carrying 30-pound packs and heavy boots. So, yes, that was a tough day. Okay. And we got to the Flagere, <clears throat> which was once again at a ski lift. Um at about 12 o'clock. So we had pretty much all day at that refuge. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
how many ladders, like, what are we, and are they, like, 90 degrees, are they? <clears throat> they are 90 degrees, and you go up 15 pegs, mm-hmm. and go across a little bridge, and then you go up another 15 pegs, and it was about four of those, and, uh, you were done for the day. Um, yeah, it was, it was challenging, I have to say, because then you had people also coming down at the same time you're kind of going up so you have to kind of maneuver yourself and you almost die (laughs) so okay so it sounds like these ladders are not small no okay they're not at all um i don't know why people don't make a bigger deal with these but i it, it definitely is a feature the trailhead is pretty big so people know that the ladder thing is very popular Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully you have pictures. Yes. Oh, Good. definitely. <clears throat> awesome. All right. And then uh, anything else for day eight? That was a very uneventful day. I mean, besides it being a tough uphill. All right. So let's talk Summit because we have mentioned many, many times mm-hmm. <clears throat> on this podcast. Um, no, <clears throat> and I talked about this with Everest. No summit is worth it. Like, no, if you have doubts, turn back. Mm -hmm. So talk about summit and decisions and Yes, so my cousin and I, for now many, many months, were thinking of doing the summit of Mont Blanc. And we had booked the refugio on the mountain halfway up, and we were ready to go. I brought all of my mountaineering gear. And then I hiked, (laughs) hiked the TMB, and with my feet, in such bad shape I made that decision not to do it and it was a really really good decision not to do it (laughs) did your cousin do it nope oh okay nope because his friend didn't come he wasn't gonna do it alone right yeah okay and it sounds like if you had pushed yourself there could have been a potential problem absolutely also the refuge that we booked at um, there are two refuges on that um, route to get up to the top of Mont Blanc, and we could only get a, a reservation for the lower of the refuges, which is at 3,100 feet, uh, I'm sorry, meters, and it, we would have had to have left at midnight mm-hmm. to make it for the summit at 10 a.m. Wow, okay, so that is eight hours of... That's 1,700 meters, eight hours, um, nine hours. Wow, okay, yeah. And it sounds like with the condition of your feet, you made a wise choice. Yeah, um, yeah, I felt a lot better after I made that choice. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, all right, so what was the last day like? Last day was actually the most interesting day, um... I guess, environment-wise, it was the most interesting day. Uh, tough incline. And everyone said, well, it wasn't as bad as day day two. And I said, thing is, my legs yeah, are so Yeah, by that point, tired. your muscles are tired. Your feet are all fucked up. It's so rough. <laughs> it was so rough. Um, I just took it really slow and listened to music. And I got up there. It was fine. Uh, but the terrain was really cool it was like moonscapes and 
there was some snow and ladders and it made it for a real interesting trek for the first half of it. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I'm assuming it's a situation like there's snow on the ground, but the air temperature is 60 oh, something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. It's mostly because it's, it's always in the shade. Right. Yeah. You get that out West, like in Colorado. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then we descended 3000 feet and we were done. Nice. So I have a couple of like wrap up questions that I was just popped into my head as we were going along. Um, <clears throat> costs, like total costs. Total if cost. anyone wanted to do this. Um, just of the trek or to get there as well. Like your everything. Like now you did stuff after, right. but like airfare and the trek. So with the airfare, it's not really fair because I got a free flight because of my flyer miles. Um, so that definitely helped to pay for the trek. Um, but your normal flight price is six fifty to $700 round trip. Uh, also depending on where you live from the New York Metro is usually to Paris or to Geneva is usually that price flying to Geneva. It's definitely an easier, um, journey to get to the Chamonix Valley. Uh, I came from Paris because I was staying in Paris at the end of my trip. And that was just, so how did you get from Paris to the train train? It was a five-hour train ride with two connections versus Geneva, which is a a two-and-a-half-hour train ride. So (laughs) it depends on what you want to do. Okay, and then... The train was $100, also from Paris. So it was a pricey train to get to Chamonix versus Geneva, which is maybe a $50, 40 to $50 train ride. Okay, well... $100, $100, five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. And then average huts. cost <laughs> per day on the trail. Mm. The huts range. They really do range. And especially because it's still COVID time. So you were only allowed maybe a room to yourself, which is a spe- which is more than a bunk room, mind you. So you're paying between 55 and 90 a night. Okay. So you for half board. So right. you're doing breakfast, you're doing dinner, you're doing a bu- a bed, and a shower. A so shower. quick rounding, you're looking maybe seven hundred fifty dollars for the nine days. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then if you want to have lunches every day at these huts, easily ten euros a day for lunch. So round it up, 100 euros for lunches if you want to really kind of splurge with your lunches. Okay, so you're looking just traveling and the hike. Well, let's round it off. You're looking close to... You're at a grand. Yeah, you're... Do a grand for your hike. And then whatever your airfare. Okay. Yep. Wow. All right, so not... Uber helped. (laughs) Yes, not cheap, but... um, so I hate these guys. I, I really do. Um, because Chauncey is freaking beta male, so a f- fucking effeminate. But Backpacker Radio, 
has a really good episode on saving, on doing extra income and saving for one of these long hikes. And they give a lot of really good tips, even though I can't stand them and they're like horrible. But sometimes they have good guests and sometimes they'll have an episode like that. So that's a podcast I check in and I usually check out after five minutes. But every once in a while, they have really good shit. So there is a really fantastic episode that they do on um, <clears throat> money for a trip like this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, anything else? This was an extra long, super special episode. <laughs> um, no, just be smart. Be very smart with how your body feels. If you need to take a zero, take the damn zero. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so, yeah, it sounds like you definitely should have done that, but not summiting. Yeah, that was a really, really like good a decision. Sounds like a very, very good decision. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so If I... you have any questions, like any de- thoughts about doing the TMB, do the TMB. Do it. It's, a, it's an amazing trip. I bitched and moaned. I wore the wrong shoes. Um, the, the scenery is just absolutely spectacular and 98% of the people speak some English. So, yeah, it's, oh, actually, yeah. Um, how many locals do this versus tourists? A lot of locals do this. Okay. They're very mountain savvy. Either they're doing the TMB or there's a couple of trails that, go along with TMB for a little bit. They're doing that trail. There were a lot of ultras going on when we were hiking this time. This is a perfect time of year too. Um, and go any earlier and you're still deal- dealing with snow. Like, and if you go in June, early July, you're still dealing with snow. Um, any later than when we went, things are closing down and winter is being prepared. So wow, that's a relatively really small window. Yeah. That's a relatively small window. August, <laughs> And up to mid-September. Okay. Um, And you had also mentioned just like in America, you get, well, you were saying you had ultra marathoners, you had a lot of really knowledgeable people, but then you also get the idiots. So you were talking about. Uh, On the second night uh, at Refuge de Mote, they sat us with two Americans from L.A. Bless you. That's Don't okay. be sorry. Don't be uh, sorry. We are the most unprofessional podcast on the internet. Sneeze away. Um, <laughs> sneeze we, on the phone. N- n- sneeze on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you sat with dumb Americans. Yes. Um, two women from LA. We sat with one of them and she started talking to us and we really didn't want to talk to her. We don't like small talk. <laughs> and uh, she said, yeah, my friend is really sick in our room. We had to get the transport from the refugio this morning to this refugio. And I'm like, oh shit. And then she started talking to us about what her decision to do this with her friend was because it was something cool and something she heard of and it was a great experience, blah, blah, blah. I said, you, you bitches ain't going to make it. <laughs> and I didn't see them ever again. <laughs> yeah. So just like any other show, do your research. <clears throat> Don't do it because you saw it on the internet or it looks cool. Um, you planned this for about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did 
you know, as much we started, well, we never stopped hiking last year, but we did winter Catskills. We did, um, Mount Washington. We did Mount Madison, um, as like much preparation as possible. A, they were fun on their own, but totally also just, you know, you did the best with the mountains that we have here to prepare. And I think crank you for going along on the adventure. Well, it's shit we would have done anyway, regardless, but it just had the added And benefit. Mrs. Cranky for dealing with it. I just a thought, like, and also if your friend's super sick, I, she didn't specifically say with what, but, like... Assuming exhaustion and... Probably, but, like... Sore if, throat. But, like, mm-hmm. but... Not the COVID. No, 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 I don't, I don't even necessarily mean COVID. I just mean with anything. Why would you go hang out everybody around you if there was even a remote chance that even if it was the flu or bronchitis or pneumonia it's just a a head cold how many years did you plan this trip for some dumbass like oh my friend's sick i'm gonna go hang out in the lounge because i feel like it oh p.s the friend came in and had soup no no so we were scooching down the table exactly like why so, like, I just want to, so sick, sick with some sort of virus. Head cold and, virus, yeah. Okay, so not sick from exhaustion, from not preparing and doing... No. Okay. Ill. No, that's... Properly ill. Yeah, that's disgusting. You take your stuff back to your room if you can. You, you bail. Spend, and then you get the hell out of there. Yeah, you like, spend as little time with people in a communal area as possible. I'm not saying you quarantine yourself, but... You 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 try not to make anybody else sick, and I think yeah, the the whole COVID thing has kind of heightened my awareness of something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I won't go to work sick now. I used to, everybody goes to work sick. Everybody goes to work sick. I don't do that anymore because of stuff like this. Absolutely, that's just and then it's selfish. Giant trip. Yeah, that is that's selfish. That would really bother me. That like. Your friend is sick. This podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thought. Like, well, just... no, you're you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. It's just I'm chuckling and finding it ironic because I have been called selfish many times over the last year for advocating for personal choice and personal risk taking. But no, yes, you are absolutely correct. But like you didn't leave the house knowing you were ill. Yeah, when I had COVID, I lived in this basement. Yeah. Like you you didn't go like, you know what? I wanna hike. I I wanna yeah. go I'm I'm bored. I'm going to Walmart. I'm bored. Like let's go out like and get a coffee because 'cause I'm bored. Yeah, so there is <clears throat> liberty comes with responsibility. And I have to tell you, like, one of the nights, I didn't feel great. I had a sore throat. I was extremely tired. I'm like, oh, boy. I, I, I hope this and is just... And you were fatigued, so if you did have anything, well, that's how I got COVID. I overextended myself and wore my body down, and there you go. Yeah. So, anyway, sore throat. You were not sore feeling throat, well. Sore <clears> throat. When we got to um, the, the hut, I lied down for a while just to chill, um had dinner and then went to sleep like at 8:30 took an extra vitamin D that night and then took 6000 I used the next morning and I felt fine. So it was just exhaustion and okay. the body saying you need to slow your roll. 
Yes. Yeah, you're not <clears throat> used to that level of physicality. Mm-hmm. Do you do zinc with the vitamin D? Zinc gets me ill. Zinc okay. lowers my immunity somehow. Interesting. It's weird. Okay, for most normal people, <clears throat> um, zinc with your vitamin D or um, you know any supplements is helpful because it bre- it allows. I don't know the exact science, but it allows the because with most vitamins you just piss out the majority of it. The zinc allows um, the vitamins to actually enter your cells. Huh. So, there. Doctor Truth Science. Yes. Doctor <laughs> Truth Science, science Cranky. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anywho, anything we else? We are over an hour. I'm yes. sure these people love us, but are tired of hearing us right now. <laughs> I'm in touch with a couple of other actual special guests, so we will update you on that, and then we'll be back with whenever we hike again. Beautiful. Love us, like us on the gram. Rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod. Happy to be back and back to do some more uh, U.S. hikes. So without further ado, till next time. Ciao.